Hello, everybody. Hello, 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 and welcome to another fantastic episode of Game Over, the premier video game show hosted by two brothers and a third guy, only live from Simon Basement, Adam Basement, and Matt's second floor. I'm your father, son, and the goalie host, Simon Pazar, joined in solidarity by his never more appropriate than this episode, faithful squad mates, Matthew <laughs> Menier and Adam Pazar. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're okay. Uh, yeah, we're doing pretty yeah. good. Good. Yeah, it's been a it's 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 been a busy week outside of school or outside of a game, the show, you know, with school and stuff. Matt just started a new job, I believe. Adam mm-hmm. and I are thick in school. I'm starting a new job next week. I don't know how it's all going to work. Stay tuned. I'm like very much looking. I'm in a period of my life that I'm looking forward to looking back on and laughing. Do you know what I mean? I know. Like yeah. right now, I'm, exactly I'm in the middle of this shit, but I'm like, someday I'll look back and I'm like, I can't believe I made it through. But right now, I'm like, how the fuck am I gonna make it through this? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh, I know what you mean very, very well. Yeah. Yes, we've all been there. Anyway, let's not talk about our sad realities. Let's talk about fun fantasy. Yay. So, uh, we pretty much spent last week catching up on uh, the news of the previous six months, and I think we're relatively caught up at this point. By the way, has anyone played anything? new and exciting this week that they need to get off their chest nope i played among us for the first time this week oh yeah that's right and we did play among us several more times since then and it's been great and we got our friend addicted that was that was fun <laughs> yeah yeah but totally i mean i don't really have anything else to say about among us that hasn't been said by everybody ever but it's a lot of fun i'm really liking it it's so much fun it's so cheap it's so simple yeah mm-hmm. among us great game play it You'll have a good time. Yeah, I haven't a lot yeah, of my like lunch like supervision. Uh, yeah, a lot of my lunch supervision duties at school are just like being in the room while a bunch of kids play Among Us on their phones. Can you play with them, but like subtly? Like, do you hear them yelling the room code at each other, and you're just like, "I'm gonna join and kill <laughs> all of you, motherfuckers." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that comfortable yet. It'll probably happen at some point. Oh, guaranteed, guaranteed. All right, that's fantastic. Yeah, Among Us is awesome. I don't think we have any Among Us uh, news other than it continues to dominate. It was a late, late round pick to dominate 2020, but it's really come through for a lot of people, I think. And it's like the perfect level of socialization that's nice in the in this brutal world. Because I don't think there's any voice chat or chat at all in like Fall Guys, which came before it. So that might have given it the slightest edge, you know, when we're all stuck inside, where you could talk mm-hmm. to other people, even if it's about red being sus it's still worth it yeah yeah you, you take any tiny little grain of social socialization you can get yeah absolutely okay so there are a few things i want to talk about this week obviously since we are a canadian podcast and we're a hockey podcast kind of in that we talk about nhl like i don't know one sixth of our episodes it seems <laughs> like uh there's been there was a big bit of of hockey news last week i think it came out like out the day we recorded the day after we recorded and then, just to make it nice for us, EA gave us another bit of hockey news again this week. So we could talk a bit about both of those, and there's also a couple more topics I want to get out. But the first thing I want to say is, I'm very near the end of Ghosts of Tsushima. In fact, I'm pretty sure I beat the final boss while Adam was over and not paying attention, thank God, yesterday. Uh, and just a, really a blast the whole way through. It got like shockingly emotional. I definitely teared up a few times. The characters are fantastic. The voice acting is fantastic. Uh, just everything was just real top notch. It was exactly what I needed, and that's not why I'm talking about it. Although it does get a hefty uh, thumbs up from me, but they have announced, I think yesterday or the day before, that it's getting a free cooperative multiplayer update, which I'm really excited oh, for. So it sounds it's called uh, Ghost of Tsushima Legends, and it sounds like you play as different archetypes. So you don't play as Jin Sakai, who's the main character of the game. It just from the very very basic teaser trailer it looks like you play as one of four different archetypes the hunter the samurai the assassin and one other thing i i probably got at least two of those wrong there uh but yeah i i don't know how it's gonna work but the idea of like teaming up with other badass samurai people to take down a fort full of mongols is a lot of that's really fun that idea just sounds fantastic because some of my favorite missions in the game are when you get like a little army and you go up against an army, and you're like, oh my god, games have really advanced where we can have, like, 70 people fighting in beautiful 60 frames per second. That's fantastic. So, you know what? Snaps for Sony for another first-party game, A, knocking it out of the park, and B, coming out with a free update, like, six months after release. Just big ol' thumbs up for that. 
I know you guys probably don't have many opinions on that, but just trust me that it's good I news. I mean, wasn't that I mean, the concept really of cool. For Honor? Uh, no, For Honor was definitely competitive. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so it's For Honor, but playing against the game. Playing against the game with other people, yeah, and in just a better game. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and don't forget, it's a free expansion. We've talked about how if you want to buy like all the characters in For Honor, it's like $170 right now. It's brutal. Yeah, yeah everything up. surrounding that game is annoying because honestly, I really like the concept, but every time I've looked into it, I'm just like, ugh, no, yeah, <laughs> stay away. I even played the DLC, which I think might have even prepped me for this because I think when they made Ghost of Tsushima, they clearly played For Honor and were like, we can improve on this because the the combat system is similar. But Adam, I don't know if you like caught me kicking ass at all yesterday, but like when you kind of get into the rhythm, it's super satisfying. That's why you it's, need to play fantastic. Sekiro. Because I had that exact experience. It well, took... I don't know if I'll ever... you got to play The Last of Us 2. We have a deal. <laughs> the Last of Us 2 for Sekiro. It's a trade. Yeah, but you liked all the previous games by From Software, and I didn't like The Last of Us 1, so... You liked it until the end. We're not going to start that debate. <laughs> We're going to talk about other things. <laughs> People, if they want to hear us debate that, they could revisit our previous podcast. The one you should be killing me over is not finishing uh, Bloodborne. Cause yes. I've got, you, nothing, you really... I've got nothing on you on that. But you know what? You didn't bring that up. I brought it up against myself, so <laughs> still point for me. Let's move on to NHL. <laughs> That's not how self-burns work. That's exactly how it works now. Oh, you better have a burn heal. I'm ready to face Blaine. Let's go. Uh, so, NHL. Franchise mode and be a pro both had a deep dive this week. And also, if we have time, I want to talk about NHL's fucking bizarre player rating scale where Drew Doughty is still rated as the third best defenseman in the NHL and their goalies make no sense. Their center, I don't know if they've announced the centers, but just their player ratings are all over the place and I don't agree with them. And Connor Hellebuck should be the top rated goalie, but I think he's fifth, which is just weird. I'm like yeah, like I, I mean I don't I don't necessarily think that like the Vezina winner should automatically be number one and the Norris winner should automatically be number one, but it's like like probably top three, right? Like yeah, I don't know, the sports games always seem to have quite a bit of lag on how good players actually are. Like if someone has a breakout season, you know they'll go up from like seventy nine to like eighty three. You know, yeah. and then you have players that haven't been good in five years, but are still just kind of coasting on reputation, sitting at like ninety. Yeah, hundred percent. I I have noticed as well, like just on that note, when I'm playing the NHL games, well, like you can get five, six, seven, eight years in, and a lot of times the goal and assist and points leaders are like people who are playing today in their prime. Yeah, like you'll be like ten years in. It's like Tyler Sagan got sixty-seven goals. Like, good for Sagan, but don't you think somebody else should have risen yeah. up at this point? Alexander Ovechkin uh, is still here? Yeah. Man, in my, in my last uh, Be a GM mode on NHL 20, Alex Ovechkin, I, I signed him for, like, three one-year contracts on the Jets, and he broke Gretzky's goal record as a member of the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> he had, like, three 50-goal seasons in a row and then retired at, like, 42. Attaboy. Which, you know, I'll take it. I would not say no to that happening in real life. Yeah. Okay, so you know what? Fuck it. It's my podcast. Deal with it if you want. But I want to shit on EA's ratings because I brought them up after we were talking about them. So with goalies, the number one rated goalie is Vasilevsky. Number two is Gibson. Three is Rask. Four is Carey Price. Five is Hellebuck. I won't go beyond that because, frankly, I don't give a shit past Hellebuck. How is Hellebuck not tied with Vasilevsky? He was what? I think Vasilevsky won the Vesna last year, but Hellebuck was second yeah. in voting th- two years ago or three years ago, and then he won it this year. So he's like been top three for a bunch. And the argument I've heard as to why John Gibson is that high, Gibson's a very good goalie, but it's like he's a very good goalie on a bad team. Yeah, but Hellebuck is a better goalie on a worse team. It makes no <laughs> sense. The Jets are just how trash. Is... Man, talking about coasting on reputation, how is Carey Price fourth? Yeah. Like... How is Carey Price above Connor Hellebuck? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, he used to be amazing, but when, I mean, he was pretty good in the playoffs, like, but, like, the last time he had a good regular season must have been, like, six years ago. Yeah. They need to, uh, and Ben Bishop is number six, by the way, at 89. The guy who didn't even, wasn't even the starting goalie for his Wait, own does... team in the Stanley Cup Finals. Because he's made of glass. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to ask, who does he even play for anymore? <laughs> well, I don't know if he was injured in the finals. That's the crazy thing. I think that 
Kudobin just got hot and they rode him. But, like, number nine, I'm going to keep jumping around. One of my former favorite goalies, Braden Holtby, is number nine. He's still in the top ten. It's like, Holtby is not even the best goalie on Washington. That's why they're <laughs> letting him walk. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it makes no sense. So, for the and record... The de- uh, just because yeah. I went and looked it up when uh, when when Matt mentioned it, the last time Carey Price had a good regular season was 2016-2017, where he had a two point two three goals against and a nine twenty three save percentage. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not like forever ago, but still, yeah. like he's had some. It's been rocky. Yeah. Yeah, they need to make more adjustments. And like, if you look at the defenseman, number one, Victor Hedman, number two, John Carlson. Carlson, I think, was like close to a point a game. So I know yeah. you rate offensive awareness very highly, sure, whatever. Three, Drew Doughty is also 91, just like the other two. That makes no goddamn sense to me. Roman Yossi just won the Norris. He's below Drew Doughty. Uh, are we still rating Eric Carlson as the sixth best defenseman in the NHL? Really? Yeah. Not- and Zach okay, Wierenski's on there at 10. When, again, I, I think Seth Jones is would be probably a consensus pick to be better than Zach Wierenski. Mm-hmm. So, again, they got the wrong guy from technically the right team. And there's no, like, Dougie Hamilton. Wasn't he close to a point a game as well and solid defensively? It makes no sense. I just, I feel yeah. like there's it, just aren't enough people who actually like hockey making this game. <laughs> like, Maybe. like, does that not – like, that just – and it, it sort of – and this sort of ties into what we're going to talk about with the Be a Pro and franchise stuff – like that's that's the sensation I've gotten, and it's only gotten worse over the years. It's like these are people who are fine game developers, but they have little to no interest in hockey. Because if they did, they would not prioritize the things they keep prioritizing. Yeah, it's bizarre. I mean, we'll get to that in a second. Um, I also yeah, want to say, like... oh, sorry. sorry, yeah, without without going into the right and left wing list because they're bizarre too. You can look them up yourself. They're on EA's Twitter. But according to this list, Patrick Laine is uh, the ninth best right winger in the NHL and also the only right winger listed at an 87. Because it goes from 88, Blake Wheeler, fun fact. They still think Blake Wheeler is better than Patrick Laine, so clearly these votes are by Paul Maurice. <laughs> and uh, number 10 is Svechnikov at an 86. So Patrick Laine, the only 87 right winger. Yep. Sorry, Matt, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I feel like in their development cycle attributes must be locked in fairly early like like halfway through the season or something like that or like even earlier it's so weird for me that would be like the last sliders to be adjusted just have everyone at placeholders wait till the end of the season then punch them in yeah Yeah. and this is a reason why i mean we're going to talk about a couple good things they did because i am relatively excited for this year's edition of the nhl franchise i'll probably buy it um but this is a like one of the biggest and easiest things people have asked for is roster sharing, and this is a clear reason why. It's like, hey, the fact that you, I think consensus pick would fucked up the uh, rosters. That I think that's something that everyone could agree on because no one person from any fandom is going to be like, yes, this is all perfect. No matter where you are, you're going to think other oh, people are too good, or your people are too bad, or whatever it is. But that's all fixed. If you could just roster share, then all you need is like one tryhard on YouTube to share his roster and be like, yep, I'm going to go with that guy, you know, but now you have to go in and editing rosters is so tedious. Well, they've got to fix their load times like holy cow, EA. Oh, man. Navigating menus is just agony. So painful. It's it's yeah, I mean, it's it's like, you know, digging your old computer out of the basement and trying to do anything on it. It's just like. I mean, you get there eventually, but man, it's just tedious. Yeah, there are a lot of, uh, it has a long way to go, but I don't want to be totally shitting on them the entire time. So let's maybe start with franchise, because I think it's the mode that we're more, uh, I don't want to say excited about, but I think it's where we spend the group of us most of our time, and then we'll move into Be a Pro shortly after that. But franchise mode, just yesterday, and did their uh, quote-unquote deep dive. And things that they didn't touch were most uh, things. Oh, last, yeah, things that they didn't touch were most things. They last they talk about last year they added coaching and line chemistry and scouting and all that jazz. None of those, as far as I could tell, have been touched whatsoever. Now I think scouting is pretty good in the game actually, except for the fact that they said it's so deep it could be his own game. No, no. what kind of a game are you talking about? Yeah, not even it, like close. a flash game. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, maybe yeah. one of those like 
Nintendo Switch eShop shovelware games that are permanently on sale at 99% off for one cent. Exactly. Uh, that's That was lie detector test determined that was a lie. So, moving on. Uh, the trade deadline is something they've clearly spent a lot of time focusing on. This year, when you move into the trade deadline, you're going to give them an option between seller, conservative seller, conservative buyer, or buyer. And this will uh, change the direction and influence type of offers you receive. If you just go to EA's website, you can find the trade deadline has its own little menu, I guess, little menu screen. I yeah. It also has a clock attached to it. I don't know what... They didn't say how much real time it is. We know in game time it's six hours. Yeah. Do you think a minute is a second? Like, they at no point do they actually say how long it is in real time. Which is kind so of... An, kind yeah, of I, I noticed that too. Yeah, but like, the screen, I mean, just because it's something new, it looks interesting. You know, you can see you have uh, all the information that you want to on the side. You have who's available on the bottom. You have what I thought was rather interesting was what they expect back. So, for example, the thing that they're showing off here is Alex Pietrangelo. They are expecting a top forward prospect back, which to me is interesting because it, before it's just like, what do they want? I don't know. Let's go in and find out. It's like, oh, okay. So what I'm willing to give easily matches with what they want because, I mean, you can put players on your trade block, but that doesn't accurately reflect always what you're actually willing to move. You guys yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's, it's kind of always been a little bit of the problem where you like look around and you see a team that someone's willing to give up, but there's just like literally nothing on your team that they want. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see that that's actually being addressed a little bit. Yeah, that's the it's it's not a counter offer, but it's the closest we've ever edged to a counter offer. So partial credit. They also have a screen uh, where they show off that players can be off the market, they can be sold or uh, you'll just have it'll be sort of like a TSN, you'll have a top 10 trade bait list. And you can kind of go through that list and see how it goes. And their value will actually fluctuate. Fluctuate? Fluctuate? Fluctuate. There you go. Over the course of the time. Yeah. So it'd be interesting. I'm not sure, quite sure how that's going to go. Is it like if if you're trying to sell and you get closer to the deadline, I imagine the trade value will be going down? Is that what it is? So you can hold up for a better offer, but it might not happen because if, if you're the last guy standing, everyone else is sold. I imagine that's going to be like. That would be my guess. And we'll yes. see. The other main, or before I move on, do you guys have any other thoughts about the uh, just the trade deadline stuff? No blackberries. I mean, nothing specifically. I'm I'm like that they're doing something with it in general because they it's something they've kind of messed around with a few times, and I feel like has never really been good yet. Um, yeah, the blackberries thing was fr- frustrating, but um, no, I I like that they're that they're trying something new. I I think I like the look of it. I'm kind of wary about and honestly anything they do at this point but i'm glad they're like trying something new at least yeah yeah exactly you get you have to give them if you're if we're gonna sit here and shit on them for not doing enough we have to give them credit for doing stuff we can also say that they didn't do it well enough for all that kind of stuff but credit where credit's due something actually changed there it is so the other major thing and really the only other major thing i mean there are some small things we get to um but this is just like such an easy I want to give them applause because I've wanted it so badly, but also it's so fucking simple that I want to be like, "Where's that? What's that Chris Rock line? You don't get credit for things that you're supposed to do." Yeah, he and, uh, he was a little more profane about it, but yes, that's the one. <laughs> what do you want a cookie? What do you want a, what do you want, a cookie? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's got uh, record books. So it has the all-time games played, all-time goal, pretty much every record as far as I can tell that you'd be interested in. All-time goals, all-time points, all-time assists, all-time wins. It has them for every major category. It also has season stats, and it has rookie stats, and it's got uh, team-specific stats. So, I mean, that's a huge thing, because I've definitely done that in my games, right? Like, well, I mean, you can click on career stats. So if I have, I mean, I'm playing a, I'm intermittently playing a franchise mode with Adam, and we drafted a franchise centerman, I think, in the second year? Something like that, yeah. Quite Declan early. Declan Carpenter? Yeah. So I'm kind of interested, like, if he gets to the point where he's 35, I... That'd be the kind of thing where I would just hit full career stats, Google a list of the stats, and be like, oh, he actually passed so-and-so, you know? Yeah. That kind of thing. So that's nice. But, again, why why was this so hard? And yeah. this is such a small but needed thing. So it's like, if this is half of your major updates, dude, you know? Yeah. Well, this is this exact feature is something that I have wanted so badly 
literally since NHL 2004. Ooh. It's like, like they've got, they have gotten much better at it over the years. Like it's, you know, stats go back at least, you know, farther than like the last two years, which was still the case up to like somehow like NHL 14 or something. But anyway, yeah, it's like, you should have just been doing this already. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you know, good that you're here now, but like, you're kind of late. Yeah. I was, I watched a video and I would encourage people to find that even though I can't remember who did it or what it was called. But it was basically a guy who went back and uh, played uh, NHL 2K10, I think was the last 2K game. Yeah, it was. And uh, it was astonishing at how many... Like, it it was clearly a more arcadey game as both games were back then. But it was astonishing how many small things they had in that game that NHL still has yet to implement, one of which was a record book. So it's like, okay, this is great. You did this in 2021. Your competition, who is now out of business, uh, did it 11 years ago. So, yeah. Not great. No. Speaking of things that are old. I would love for 2K to get back into the NHL game. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll just, like, Google good NHL games, not EA, and, like, see if any competitor has risen up. Uh, so far, no, really. I mean, they're, they're those hardcore simulation-type things you can get on PC. There's a couple different ones. And, of course, there's Super Blood Hockey, which I was very much debating buying earlier today, but I decided to hold off because uh, it doesn't have quite the right balance. But speaking of old things... They announced 94 mode. Now, they've had 94 mode before, but it was, I think, half-baked because it was the same graphics just with unlimited hitting, right? Whereas this is actually the graphics and everything of NHL 94, which is, to me, way more appealing, but with the rosters of the current teams. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'll play that much of it, but as far as neat little additions, you get more credit for that than you did in the past. Does this appeal to you guys at all? I mean, not as a long-term thing. I'm sure I'll try it out, uh, you know, a few times with friends online. Um, you know, it's not why I would play the game. Um, but, like, I'm sure I'll play it a handful of times and probably have a good good time with it. It's sort of similar to threes and ones. So it's like, yeah, I'll do it every once in a while for maybe 30 minutes or something. Um, so it's one of those, like... You know, it's nice to have their kind of features, but it's not really what draws me to the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that's going to scratch the, the NHL itch that uh, still lingers, as it were. <laughs> it hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, yeah, so I'm just looking over the list of things that I'd, I think we talked about last time, but just to confirm, the other things they're talking about, they have a whole bunch of slips, banks, and chips to try and maintain momentum while you move the puck. They claim to have improved, improved AI hockey IQ. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, better goaltending saves and more improved goaltending and positioning. So they've, I mean, I guess they've worked on goalies. We'll see. To me, go. I mean, I don't play goalie on, like, hot or anything like that. Or hockey. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. Is that where you play six on six? I, no. Uh, no. No, no, no. Oh, that's World of Chell. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, the one. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's the Chell. That's the one. So, like, maybe those people who play like that are been like, oh, my God, finally goalies. But I'm like, yeah, look, I mean, the goalies have looked... Pretty okay for a few years. There's, to me, more glaring issues in gameplay than goalies, but, you know, you do you. So, that brings us to the big change they've made for this year. Be a pro. It doesn't have a fancy name like Live the Life, but it is a far more implemented version of Be a Pro than even Live the Life was. I'm not sure if it's voice acted. I doubt it. But you're going to have your like your real character will show up in situations outside of the rink. Your character will have meet with their coach. They'll talk with their coach and they'll talk with their coach. They'll talk with their GM. It looks like they're going to have an agent. You're going to be having chats with your teammates on and off the ice. All this kind of stuff. You'll have stuff to do with your money. You can you know buy a car, buy a car, buy a house. It's pretty hilarious to see if you buy this car, you'll be like one point percentage faster. So that's how they made it mean something. Because otherwise, it's just like, yeah, sure, I have a car, but who gives a shit? It's like, no, if I have a Ferrari, it's so fast off the ice that I'll be fast on the ice. That totally <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. yeah you get Ferrari right. skates. Yeah. Yeah, you get Ferrari-branded skates. Uh, totally. But, like, I don't know. We'll see how it, we'll see how it works. But I, I have to give them huge props because I've really been eager for something that shows your character outside of it. Because the point is, if you're an athlete... If you're imagining yourself as an athlete, if you're probably putting yourself into the fantasy, it's not just on the ice. And I've seen a few people 
namely one of the bigger hockey YouTubers that Adam Falls, Falls as well, uh, 2BC Productions, who was like really turned off at the idea of your coach pulling you aside in the middle of a game. Do you remember seeing that, Adam? Yeah. Well, he was like, I just don't want this to happen every 10 seconds. I don't think it'll happen every 10 seconds, but to me, that was really cool. Where it's like, okay, okay, take a second. You know, that, yeah. that to me is like shockingly realistic. It's like, okay, we got a whistle. Here's what you're going to be doing. Focus up. Yeah. So a lot of those type of things, like going out with your teammate, do you decide to eat a hot dog? Okay, you're slower the next day. That's dumb as shit, but it's it's something. Yeah. So I want to say we'll see what this leads to, but we all know it'll be implemented this year and then not touched for another eight. So yeah. there you go. How do you guys feel about uh, Live the Life? Maybe, Adam, because I know you play a, a fair amount of Be a Pro. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what it's like, but I feel like it's going to be very gimmicky. Um, I like the idea that you have to sort of manage all aspects of your career, like your brand and your relationship with your teammates and your relationship with your coach. And like, I, I, I'm just craving, cause I've been, as you say, I've been playing be a pro. I've been craving just for something else to do. Cause right now it's just, I always set the training to just auto because I cannot be bothered to do that every week. Cause their interface for it is stupid. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's just like, yeah, I'm just simulating to the next game. And if I, even with the sim penalty off, if I sim three games, you're going to demote me to the next line, even though I'm the team's leading point score by a margin of 10. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess I'm just going to simulate two periods and play one period every game. And this is just my life now. And the only decision I get to make is, Hey, do I want to, you know, ask for a trade? So I am, I'm very... I, I really want something to do to just just to do. And if this mm-hmm. is that, then then I'm looking forward to it. But also, I feel like it, it it's kind of the when when a person is starving, they're not going to be terribly picky about what you feed them. And so I think if I was well fed in this analogy, I think I would find this very mediocre. How, how fed would you have to be to eat a mushroom, Adam? I'm curious. <laughs> how, how hungry? What would it take? Uh, well, <laughs> I, just because you, you as one of the pickiest people I know saying that, I'm just like, really? Because I, I could see Adam on like a desert island being like, I haven't eaten in 30 days. Oh, sweet. I have this beautiful mushroom burger for you with vegan cheese. And I feel like you would still <laughs> turn your nose up at that. <laughs> you know what? I probably would. Um, <laughs> and I can... Oh, have... just chew sand. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anything but that um but uh yeah this this is i don't know i am but maybe that's just because i'm super cynical because ea has given me every reason to be yeah totally fair matt what do you think yeah i mean i like that they're trying things again like i really at this point don't expect anything really actually good out of it um I mean, I, I like the direction they're trying to go with it. You know, the problem with these kinds of modes is always that the outside of uh, the like outside of in-game stuff, none of it has like they've always struggled to make it matter. Um, honestly, the one that I found that has been the best was FIFA because it has multiple leagues that you can work your you can work your way through and so like you know you start off at like the french d league and then you get really good like there's just way more progression that you can do and then if you get really good you can go and like play in the euro and the world cup and for your country and which pulls you onto a different team for like a mini tournament and stuff so, like that stuff is all really cool it's not really possible in nhl right because you're just sort of working with the you know I, I mean i guess there's like you could start your guy in the ahl but like really who's gonna do that you'd have to be a be a pro try hard to actually do that kind of thing um but yeah it's just anything they can do to try and make the outside of the actual like playing hockey matter i'm down for i do not have high expectations um but i like the direction that they're trying to go with it at least by the way speaking of uh you just reminded me speaking of things that you can do off the ice it would be really nice if they announced some sort of like just have one or two arenas, but a randomized Winter Classic each year. So every once in a while, it's like, hey, your team's going to the Winter Classic this year. See you in January, you know, and then you actually do that. That could be in a franchise mode or in Be Pro, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it'd also be nice if there was some sort of all-star game and skills competition. Um, oh, yeah. yeah both, How was that not yeah. in here? Where's both, that? By the way, features in NHL 2K10. 
There yeah. is an all-star competition where you actually do like a little skills competition. I was floored. I'm like, are you kidding me? I would love that so much. Because we all know that this can get monotonous, and I think that's the main problem with, with Be a Pro. It's like if you have the dedication to play with one player for 50 years, I really, really applaud you. But that might be less monotonous if it was mixed up, and I don't see that happening. Like the gameplay of this is still you on the ice doing the gameplay. Sure, occasionally you buy a car or a watch outside of that, but yeah, it would be nice if there was something else in there. Yeah, because like every other mode is about you playing the game. Be a pro is supposed yeah. to be about more than that. Yeah, I just want to see as much in NHL 21 as there was in Madden 06. Yes, for things is that, that you could so do much to off the ice. <laughs> I like I was a movie star in Madden 2006. Yeah, it, yeah. The, the amount of stuff they have outside is shocking. Somehow I've never thought about doing, like, all-star and skills competitions. How is that not, like, one of the big parts of this mode? Like, you could do the FIFA thing where in your loading screens, you just, like, you play essentially, like, mini skill games that would just be the things that you would do again, like, as part of the skills competition. Um, and, you know, and that's just, like, another incentive for progression of your of your player, right? Or I know they can't do the Olympics and stuff like that because, you know, the game doesn't really play nice with the double IHF, but like, you know, the NHL owns the world cup of hockey, right? Like they could just throw that in every four years. And like that, you could keep you having meetings with your agents where, you know, um, it's like, Oh, Hey, the world cup's coming up this year. Like, you know, you got to like really push if you want to like try and make the team. And, you know, if you're, if you make your guy, you know, Canadian, American, Swedish, Russian, whatever, it's like, you know, you got to have a really good season to get there. You know, you could do like, meetings with like the world cup gms and coaches as the season goes on and do like little mini camps and stuff like that like i feel like there's just so much stuff you could do with that kind of thing that has just never happened in the game before oh and i'll I'll even jump on that point it would be so fucking easy i know i know literally nothing about game development okay so there is that but in this case i think to do everything you just described you're essentially just reusing existing assets you're not creating any new stuff like for and like you're right i didn't even think about the world cup of hockey but that totally makes sense we don't even need that you could just call it like a generic international hockey tournament right like it Mm -hmm. doesn't need to say doesn't need to have a fancy name we all know what it secretly is wink wink nudge nudge doesn't need to have some sort of fancy connection and then you just take freaking ea cup whatever you want you know yeah i don't care and then you just take like the top you know 30 Canadians, top 30 Americans, top 30 sweet. It'd be, it would be so easy. And you could even do it with like, give, why not give the coaches a nationality and then to have a Russian coach coach the Russian team. And oh, that's the type of play that they, that they play. It would be so easy. And especially like, I remember a few years ago in practice mode, you could like the practice mode used to be actually pretty robust. I think it was actually in the previous generation, but I would like have an Excel document out and do my own little skills competition because you had an accuracy practice where it put little things on the uh like little targets in the corners yeah that was in there in the previous generation how hard would that be to do it wouldn't be hard at all it had a slap shot reader so i would go through with my entire team and say you could take the hardest slap shot it also had a little timed speed thing where it would have pylons set up so you could move through them to practice skating but it was timed so three and uh, Three of the skills competition thing. Another one, like, I don't know how you're going to do the uh, skills relay. That one's pretty tough. Sure, maybe leave that one out. But the breakaway contest? Uh, yeah, that's pretty easy to do. You already have the shootout mode. So, it's all there. Like, you don't have to add any new shit. Get the announcer, like the arena announcer, just to announce, and coming up for the hardest shot, number whatever from Winnipeg. You add basically nothing, and it breaks the monotony. And... <laughs> I want to crumble into a ball and cry at how easy this would be and how they still don't fucking do it. And also, I saw finally people are jumping on the bandwagon with us, Adam. Uh, how is saved lines not a thing? Good you know? lord, yeah, how is that not oh a thing? Oh my god. Still? Another issue since NHL 2004. How have they not figured it out? <laughs> yeah. At this point, it has to be... 
it's either ignorance and they don't know that they want these things or it's apathy and I'm not sure which is more evil because how stupid would they have to be to not notice this stuff but also how mean do they have to be to not implement it when it's so goddamn easy yeah I think Mm -hmm. and this is how I'm going to transition to what we're going to talk about next I think I would love what's his name Rammer Sean Rammer Jamsing I think is his name Uh, I don't have it in front of me so I'm sorry if I butchered that He's one of a couple game developers that would very much like to take into a bar and feed him alcohol until he told me the goddamn truth. Uh, <laughs> the other game developer that I want to take into a bar and feed him alcohol until he told me the goddamn truth is Casey Hudson. I think that's the only way we're ever going to find out what truly happened at the end of Mass Effect 3 is by getting one of the writers and or Casey Hudson very drunk and just getting it out of them. That's unethical, but whatever. But that moves us into our topic for today, Mass Effect Remastered, which apparently, there's been some news over the past week, is actually going to be called Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Doesn't need to be called that. I heard someone who said it should be called Shepherd's Pie, and you get three pieces (laughs) of Shepherd's Pie. (laughs) I thought that was very good. But yes, apparently it'll be called Mass Effect Legendary Edition. It's been all but confirmed, like it briefly showed up on a couple of pre-order websites. It's been rumored for forever, especially since Bioware, like, their last two games were utter flops. They desperately need something. Why not go back to the well? I don't know why I stifled a burp and turned into an Australian for a second there. I apologize for that. Uh, Why not go back to the well for the last thing that truly worked for you? Because apparently Inquisition, oh no, Dragon Age 4 is, like, decades away. We'll never see that fucking game. Uh, But yes, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Originally slated to come out this year, there was talk that's going to be coming out on Switch. I have good news and I have bad news. So the bad news, which I'll get first, it's not planned to come out on Switch at this time. So according to this industry source, whoever I got it from, uh, it's not planned to come out on Switch, certainly at the same time as it comes out on other consoles. That doesn't mean it won't ever, but I think they're focusing on getting it out for the other main consoles before it comes out on Switch. Fuck it, I'll buy it twice, as long as it's good when it comes out. I do not mind waiting for it to come to Switch. The other thing is, it's not coming out until next year. Still hasn't technically been announced, so it still doesn't have technically a release date. Originally thought to be coming out in fall 2020, now delayed to 2021. Again, totally fine with me. I don't have an abundance of time in fall 2020. There are plenty of games, and oh yeah, those two new consoles coming out. I'm totally okay with those. Uh, there is one other piece of uh, unfortunate news, but first, I want to hear Matt's opinion on the uh, two bits of information I just gave you. I guess three, if you didn't know that it was confirmed. So there you go. Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's too bad it's not coming for Switch. I feel like that's something that's going to happen maybe like five years from now. You know, we'll get uh, Mass Effect uh, Legendary Edition remastered, you know, for Switch. Um, that's too bad. I'm not shocked. Um uh, but, you know, I would have liked to see it on the Switch. Maybe we'll see it in a few years, as has kind of been the case with lots of other of these sort of things. Um, the uh, I am totally blanking on your other points now. Oh, it's Real not coming out today. until uh, it's not coming out until 2021. It's also oh, yeah. yeah. A plus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I could not imagine the backlash if they rushed this game and it came out with a whole bunch of problems. Yes. Uh, <laughs> cough and drama. Any... Cough. <laughs> yeah. Mass Effect 3 cough. Well, yes. Um, yeah, if, yeah, if do whatever they gotta do to make it good, I don't care if it comes out in three years. Um, you know, I, I've been burned by, uh, by Mass Effect before on this exact problem, so I, I really hope they just take however much time they need, you know, do it properly, do it right. I don't want, like, any, like, semblance of any, like, rushedness in there at all. I'm totally fine with with uh with it being delayed yeah the miyamoto quote has never been so appropriate as in this case especially because it's already a remake so it's like i'm not waiting on anything i can go back and play it right now so if you're gonna make it all pretty don't half-ass it full-ass this thing make it super pretty Mm -hmm. so the other bit of uh of i guess bad news but also just kind of interesting news uh, I think this might hit the two of you differently. So first of all, the reason it's delayed, again, these are according to reports that I'm seeing online, uh, is because they do not know yet how to mesh Mass Effect 3 with Mass Effect, or sorry, Mass Effect 1 with Mass Effect 2 and 3. 
And you know what? I totally get it. When we did that playthrough, and that was what, like two, three years ago now? Something like that. That we did yeah. that replay. It's been a while. Mass Effect 1 is rough. <laughs> it <laughs> plays like a PC game from 2004. Like, it's it's a tough go. And the other two, I know it's not necessarily your jam that they became more action RPG, Adam, but they are so much more fluid and polished. And going back from them to the first one is a rough ride. And I can totally see how they're like, hey, we need some sort of redemption on this franchise. Maybe we should have our best foot forward and try to come up with a way to polish I'm going to call it a turd, even though it's beloved, but polish the turd that is the mechanics of that first game. So, Adam, I know that of the three, it might be your favorite for the fact that it's more RPG. But so I'll start with you. How do you feel about the fact that they're going to have to find some way to make Mass Effect 1 more palatable? Well, I think that I think that's true. I think there's a there's a jarring twist between Mass Effect 1 and Mass Effect 2. And. And I, I remember when we did that playthrough that when I did go back to Mass Effect One, I was like, "Oh, this is this is rougher than I remembered." Yeah. Um, so so I so I sympathize with that point, and I think that I think in a lot of ways it does need a lot of polish. But the like the things that I loved about Mass Effect One are not things that like are not things that are. Uh, that would cause a problem to be included. I'll phrase it that way. Like the, there's a lot of, like you could remake it in the style of Mass Effect two and three, but like the only things that there are the two major things I miss about Mass Effect one, you could just do in two and three, like the ammo thing. You could just do that. And introducing the, some sort of vehicle where you actually go across the landscape for an extended period of time. You could just do that. I mean, they did do it in two for the record, or for what it's worth. It wasn't exactly the same because the Hammerhead missions were so, you know, their own little thing. It was basically yeah. a minigame. Yeah. But also, like, I I, the, I think I'm nervous that they're not going to do that because when you think of Andromeda, a lot of it is, like, a big deal was that they essentially brought back the Mako. Yeah. And it did not do great. <laughs> so I would be shocked if they brought the Mako back. But, yeah, I, I totally agree with both of those points. Matt, what do you think about them trying to handle Mass Effect 1. And by the way, what do you guys think they should do to Mass Effect 1 to bring it more in line with the other two? Yeah. I mean, kind of my first reaction as for what I want them to do, and I have, I mean, I am not a coder, I am not a game designer, I have no idea. Maybe this is, like, way more difficult than it sounds. Um, but I kind of just want them to take the combat and, like, movement systems from Mass Effect 3 and just plunk them down in Mass Effect 1. Um, that's probably more complicated than it sounds, I'm sure. Um, but like, I mean, there's there's a fair bit of jank on Mass Effect One, and uh, I mean, there is some charm to it. Um, I I do kind of like that it feels sort of like its own thing, a little bit separate from two and three. Um, but yeah, you know, if you know if you're trying, if you know, fifteen year old kids going to buy this like legendary edition of a game that he hasn't played but he heard is great, and then you you know you drop down Mass Effect One, which was already like, you know, a, a little bit rusty when it was new. Um, you know, you, you might get a little bit of resistance there. Um, so, you know, maybe we can just like update Mass Effect 3's, just like tweak it a little bit just to, you know, like, I guess modernize it slightly and just sort of use that through all three, I think would be really good. Part of me though is on the other hand where I'm like, I don't really know how much or how many changes I want them to make to actual gameplay. Um... You know, I don't really want to remake. I want to remaster. Um, and, you know, I have a lot of really good memories of Mass Effect 1. Um, you know, I mean, not not a lot of them are, are from fights. You know, I, I guess I guess it would be good, you know, if I remembered some of, like, the great missions and, and character interactions and then also some cool fights. You know, I guess that's the ideal. Um, but I, I, I'm a little worried about how many changes they they might make although it's probably for the best that they do update uh particularly mass effect one's combat i i, I totally agree with you i think that uh by the way I, I was just looking through my notes tab on my computer and i can confirm that we did that playthrough in uh 2017 and even to 2016 which is crazy to think now 
because uh, I have notes from our Mass Effect 3 review that are from 2017. So there you go. It's been that long since we played it. So which means we're probably in time for another one. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we'll do it when this remake eventually comes out. We'll go over it. But I totally agree with you, Matt. I think that 3 had its faults. But one of the things that I don't think anyone had a problem with was the combat. The combat was so fucking good in 3 that they came up with multiplayer that people adored. Like, the multiplayer on a single-player game is usually a recipe for, man, fuck this shit. It took, you know, resources away from the single-player game. I don't know if it took resources away from the writing staff, so I'm not going to blame the multiplayer. But the multiplayer, to this day, is still very well-received for Mass Effect 3. So clearly the combat was tight. I, w- I totally agree with you. I don't. I wouldn't have a problem at all if they dragged that system back to the previous two games. And then, I don't know if it's a different engine that Mass Effect 1 is on versus 2 and 3. Uh, it feels like it could be, though, because Mass Effect 1 had so many problems and everything looks kind of weird. I know Andromeda was also on a different engine, but like there was that whole issue in Mass Effect 1 where if you showed up anywhere, it looked like someone was covered in crayon for like 10 seconds until the, the texture came in. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah I don't, the old I don't uh, like Halo 1, <laughs> like everything getting fully rendered 10 seconds into the cutscene. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I don't know if that's an engine thing or if that's just a graphical fidelity thing or whatever, but I mean, if the, if the character models and everything looked more consistent with two and three, which I think both look very consistent with each other. I don't think that would be a problem, but it is smart of them, I think, to try and get something going with Mass Effect 1. I don't know if we're going to have time to go in through all of our fun ideas for uh, remakes, although we might be have to say that for next week, because the other bit of unfortunate news I have for you, and I don't know how, this, how hard this will hit Adam, I suspect not at all, um, but there will be, again, if this is all true, no multiplayer in this remake. The official word from EA, at least not at launch, same thing as the Switch thing, but the official word from EA is that if it was multiplayer, it would turn into some sort of games as a service thing, and they do not want to invest the resources into maintaining it. They'd rather put those resources into something like, uh, what's that EA one that everyone keeps playing? Uh, something Legends? Apex Legends. Yeah. So, the beloved multiplayer that I was just talking about, kiss that goodbye, it's gone, which I guarantee means they've had to redo the system in the third game because in order to get the best ending i'm pretty sure you had to do multiplayer so i'm sure they've done some stuff there but the one bit of consolation is that for the price of the game which i didn't announce what it was because obviously the game hasn't even been announced yet this is all rumors um but the price of the game will come with all three games and every dlc for all of them so that's something but matt are you gonna miss multiplayer i mean kind of actually i never which is a, a weird statement because I never actually did much of it. Um, I kind of just played through the game when it came out, was really bummed out about how it ended, and so just like didn't really touch anything else on it for quite a while. Um, basically, when, when, I, when I came back to it um, and was sort of like interested in playing the multiplayer, it had kind of died out by that point because it was years later. Um, so I, I, I never really did much of it at all. Um, so I'm actually kind of bummed out. You know, it... Because I always heard that it was really good, but I maybe played like two rounds of it ever. Um, oh my god! And oh yeah, I like I barely touched it, um, and so I'd you know I'd actually really like to give it a try. So it's too bad that the that that won't be happening. That said, I understand that it's like an easy first cut, um, but yeah, you know it's too bad. I would like to try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So that means that I played by far the most of it because I've probably played tens of hours of exclusively multiplayer. I fucking loved it, but I mean, I'll be honest. If it was there, great. If if the game performs fantastically and they want to bring it in, and they want to throw their classic EA loot boxes in it, uh, sure, as just a way to monot- monetize it. Um, but I can understand their reticence because I, th- I think I mentioned it on air. But this is a true story. I was playing Overwatch like a few months ago, while I was playing Mass Effect Three, because I was like, oh, we're going to lockdown for this whole pandemic thing. I'm going to go back to one of my favorite games, and that's why I replayed Mass Effect Three. And I mentioned that to someone I was playing Overwatch with, and they were like, Mass Effect? That super old game? I'm like, is it super old? Now, the person sounded like a teenager, but I'm like, damn, is Mass Effect really just a relic of the past that those few fans of us remaining are, like, clinging on to desperately? Do they really not give a shit? So, to me, yeah, I think that might (laughs) be the case. So, you know, if it sells like hotcakes and people revisit it, 
And then, like, a little while later, similar to Ghost of Tsushima, they're like, actually, we will put multiplayer in that because we think we could make money out of this. Uh, sure. You know, but uh, I would I would happily take the trade-off of no multiplayer but remake over no remake. It seems like a very fair trade-off for me. Yeah, as much for me, as I it's, enjoyed it's playing like, it. It's like not getting the chocolate chips in the cookie. I still like the cookie. I'm super happy about it. You know, just, you know, would have been nice. I'll eat oatmeal raisin. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Also, oof. Mass Effect is like really old. The third one came out after we finished high school. It can't be yeah. old. <laughs> it's so true. Right? I think the first one came out in 2007 when Adam graduated high school. So <laughs> yeah. let's not think about it. I mean, Matt, this upcoming year is going to be our 10-year high school reunion, Ugh. which probably won't happen because of reasons. But yeah, yeah, we'll have just... a giant teams meeting or something like that. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, but then how can you show off the fact that you've got a rock and bod and a sweet wife and whatever else people do at reunions? I've only ever seen them in movies uh, over a teams meeting. You know, I feel like it would just be gratuitous. I'm just like people are constantly just showing off stuff that they did. Well, I think doing it over a teams meeting is probably the only way I could uh, get away with faking that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> get a cardboard cut or just hire someone for an afternoon. Yeah. Psst, come in here be my family <laughs> i need you to look like my child are you gonna can you wear a suit can you sing what was that thing from like stepbrothers or whatever can you sing a billy joel song in falsetto oh no it's a guns and roses song whatever eddie van halen died i'm a mess yes. today okay but i think uh we might hold on i i hope you guys had some ideas for how to improve it i certainly did but it's we're at almost an hour so i think it's probably a good time to cut it today in the next week I might cave and get a month of EA access in order to play NHL 21 for 10 hours. I might cave. You might. Uh, because, like, I, w- I was in a group chat with Matt last night when the when the uh, draft was happening. And at the beginning, we were all, like, going back and forth. But then, slowly but surely, it was just me yelling into the void about every traffic. Like, oh, my God, I can't. Pl-. Guys? I can't. Wh- where is everybody? <laughs> So maybe it's just me alone to- tooting on this hype train. But uh, I kind of want to try it. And plus, I think if I give a little shot, then I can come on to here and tell people if it's worth giving a shit about when it does eventually come out. So uh, in the past 30 seconds talking about it, I've convinced myself. I'm going to get a month of EA access and try 10 hours of NHL 21, which is available, drumroll, tomorrow. If you have EA access, you can play 10 hours of NHL 21 Tomorrow. tomorrow tomorrow and the entire game comes out i believe on the 16th so not that far away really isn't and i actually i was looking at two games on my steam wish list and two games that i was really excited about are coming out on the 15th and i'm in the middle of like mini exams and classes and also getting a new job on the 13th so i don't know what the fuck i'm gonna do next week uh pray for me thoughts and prayers for me please uh, <laughs> but in the meantime i want everyone out there to have a safe week have a great week no reverse the order of that and i will see you next time.